Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. As we journey through the Gospel of Matthew in our Sunday morning readings this year, the lectionary takes a bit of artistic license. Last week, we heard the parable of the workers in the vineyard who are paid equally rather than according to how long and hard they worked. This week, we jump to the religious leaders questioning Jesus' authority. They come upon him teaching and demand to know, by what authority do you say and do these things? And who gave that authority to you? Now, the parable of the workers is a startling indeed almost offensive parable. If the religious leaders were listening closely and really understanding how amazing it is that God would hand out grace equally to all, it's the type of parable that might prod them to ask Jesus this very question. All of his teachings and all of his miracles carry a certain weight of authority that caught the people of Judea off guard they weren't sure what to make of this itinerant preacher. But the lectionary has actually jumped over two remarkable events to go from the parable of the workers in the vineyard to the scene before us today. Two events that we won't read about in the lectionary until Holy Week. This morning in our reading, when Jesus enters the temple, is the morning after the triumphal entry and the cleansing of the temple. So when Jesus enters the temple to teach on this day, he does so having just thrown all of Jerusalem into an uproar. He rode in on a donkey with crowds proclaiming him the son of David and singing his praises as they waved palm branches. He rode that donkey straight up to the temple and overthrew all the tables of the money changers and those who sold doves to worshipers for their sacrifices. He called the holy house of God a den of robbers. Now, the lectionary skips over these scenes because liturgically, it's not the right time for us to read about it and preach on it. But as we finish our journey through the Gospel of Matthew in October and November, it's important for us to remember that all of the passages that we're reading take place in the shadow of the cross, in that remarkable week that leads up to Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem and is walking toward Golgotha with intention and purpose. And this will color everything he says and does. So when the religious leaders question Jesus about where he gets his authority, they are responding to a direct challenge. One would expect the Messiah to show up at the temple, have a meeting with the high priest and his cronies, round up some supporters, and drive the Romans out of Jerusalem. But instead... Jesus has threatened the status quo by directly challenging corrupt temple practices, a status quo that kept the religious elite in power and preyed on poor people who were simply trying to fulfill what the law asked of them. The leaders are asking Jesus, 
Who gave you the right to tell us that we're wrong? Why can you threaten the power that we hold in this place? And Jesus responds, not with an answer, but with a cryptic question. Now it might seem like Jesus is trying to be clever here, to outsmart the religious leaders, to not give them the ammo that they're looking for, that smoking gun that will allow them to convict him when he comes to trial at the end of the week. But his intention is actually a lot more subtle than that. He's not trying to avoid getting in trouble with the religious leaders. He crossed that line a long time ago. Jesus doesn't answer them directly because they cannot handle the answer that he would give them. If they didn't listen to John the Baptist, the one who preceded him to prepare the way for him, then they will not listen to him. John the Baptist preached a message of repentance, of the humble acknowledgement of one's sin before God, and of the cleansing of the soul through the waters of baptism. It was a message that challenged those exact same power structures that Jesus did when he cleansed the temple. It was a message that appealed to the down and outs of the world, to the people who had no ability to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, who had no access to those in religious power. It was a free offer of forgiveness, and for people who had nothing left to lose, it was heaven sent. But to the people who had everything to lose, that humble repentance was more than they could handle. And if they could not handle that, then they could not handle hearing what gave Jesus his authority. And because Jesus didn't answer them directly, we don't know exactly what he would have said right then, what he might have explained had the religious leaders been asking with open hearts and ears. But we do know that he had set his face towards the cross, that he was walking towards his passion with strong, purposeful steps, and that he would become obedient to death within a few days. We know that everything he did and said in those days would culminate in his crucifixion and resurrection. And so we can look at our epistle reading where St. Paul explains more clearly just where Jesus' authority came from. Before the creation of the world, Jesus was. He existed from before time as the second person of the Trinity, in perfect communion with his Father and with the Holy Spirit. He had all the power and authority that came from being in the form of God. Omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience. But he did not cling to that power. He did not cling to equality with God, but let go of it all. And in his letting go, in his self-emptying, he embraced the incarnation, becoming human, to enter into all the lowliness of who we are and what we are. He, the one who never sinned, who had no need to repent, embraced the repentance and baptism of John.
He, the one who knew all and commanded all, became an itinerant preacher. He, the one from whom life itself flowed, submitted to death and to the most ignominious of death, the public death of a convicted criminal on a cross designed to maximize humiliation and suffering. This is where Jesus gets his authority from. John the Baptist paved the way with his repentance and baptism, and Jesus took that road all the way to the cross. If the religious leaders couldn't understand the one, then they wouldn't understand the other. The source of Jesus' authority is at odds with all the sources of earthly power. And the religious leaders then are not all that different from our own religious leaders across all denominations of Christendom. We in the church cling to earthly sources of power. We think that our authority comes from having pews filled with parishioners and thousands of followers on TikTok. We look to the grandeur of our cathedrals to convince ourselves that we are blessed by God. We depend on successful stewardship drives and capital campaigns. We seek out titles and fancy vestments. We are not all that different from the people that Jesus drove out of the temple in Jerusalem. And it is not that any of these things are inherently wrong, but they are not where our authority comes from. Because Jesus shows us an entirely different way. He claims his authority through his death because he entered into the very worst that the world had to offer, because he poured out his power and did not claim it, but submitted to the forces of death that threatened his creation, because in all his perfection that death could not hold him, he showed us that true authority is not found in the trappings that the world offers us so deceitfully. They satisfy us for a time, but they so often exist through the oppression and suffering of others, some who are visible and others who are invisible to us. It is only through death and resurrection that we can be brought into an authority that is genuinely life-giving to all. And the terrible beauty of the crucifixion and resurrection is that it is not just for Jesus. In our baptism, we enter into his death. We die with him. And because he is raised again, we also live with him. We live lives of eternal life that start in this world and continue into the next. And each Sunday, as we approach the altar to receive communion, we consume his sacrificed body and blood. We eat of himself, which he offered on the cross. And that sacrament works on us and changes us. It draws us away from the power structures of this world and into the humble authority that is his, 
authority, authority that is at once death-obedient and death-defiant. As we are made new, we tend to find ourselves on the outskirts with the helpless, separated from the centers of power that make the world run. Our dreams die, our careers die, our pocketbooks die. They are consumed with us in Christ's death. And when we find ourselves on the other side, emerging from the waters of baptism and receiving the body and blood at communion, we live utterly changed. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.